This is Media Sales Mastery, the podcast for media sales professionals. In each episode, we bring you information, insights, and ideas from some of the industry's top thought leaders. Connect with us to help pick the topic and guide the show. This is Media Sales Mastery, the podcast for media sales professionals. I'm your host, Jamie Wood, coming at you from the new temporary home studio. Just bought a house uh, and was very surprised to learn that it's under a flight path. So apologies for the background noise. There will be some. Uh, But our topic today, refining your sales process. Now, whether you are selling media direct to SMEs or whether you're selling media via an agency to a big multinational corporation, having a clean and consistent sales process is a non-negotiable. If you want to grow your customer base, if you want to improve the quality of your work and in turn your win rate, if you want to build campaigns that really generate a return on investment for your advertisers, if you just want to minimize your anxiety when your workloads get higher, you need a repeatable sales process. This thing needs to be built. It needs to be almost second nature and muscle memory to know exactly what the steps are that you take when you've got a bunch of briefs on the go. Now, our guest today is Roy Hawker. Uh, He's based in New Zealand, but he's an international media sales consultant. Roy has worked in over 82 media markets around the world, and his sales programs have generated over $256 million in advertising success. It's going to be a great episode. By the way, I say it every episode, if you want to pick the topic and guide the show, you need to connect with me on LinkedIn, you need to hit me up in the inbox, let me know some things that you want us to cover off. Without any further ado, let's get into it. The first five. Roy, welcome. Yeah, good uh, good morning uh, from New Zealand. Mate, it's great to have you on the podcast. I know you're a man who does quite a bit of international travel. We were just <laughs> just having a, a bit of a chat off air about uh, how long you've spent on a on a plane flying from New Zealand over to South Africa, for example. Tell us a bit about your background in media, Roy. What what led you to establish Hawker Media? And, and give us a bit of an overview of what you guys specialise in. Yeah, well, I, I started back in radio in 1993. So, and I guess I've been very blessed just to surround myself with some brilliant people. My first ever sales manager was Stephen Wright, who, who went on to become the CEO of NRS America. I then worked with Lee Marshall, who was one of my first trainers, two weeks into radio. I uh, was exposed to the Jason Jennings sales methodology, which was, you know, pretty revolutionary back then in the, in the early 90s. I then moved over to More FM under Doug Gold and then crossed over to his company, NRS uh, Media, and worked there. Uh, it was based in Sydney, and we did a lot of travel then as well, and that was when I was first initiated t- to South Africa. Uh, and then I've owned my own company since 2006. I uh, originally started a, a social media platform that we launched before the likes of Twitter and, and and Facebook, and it was just based around getting consumers to share their opinions about local business in their marketplace. And we partnered with radio stations, and we were reasonably successful for some period of time. But those bigger um, social media whales kind of ate us up along the way. I then, um, yeah, been working for Hawker Media, doing a lot of consulting work, and I'm now actually back doing a, a new project with Doug Gold and, and Mike Brunel, those two brilliant minds that were the founders of NRS Media that uh, probably influenced, you know, sales programs in nearly every radio station around the world with their their concept that NRS Media introduced. So Doug's got a new idea, a new concept. I'm really excited to be working with him again. He's probably one of the cleverest minds I've ever come across in radio. And I guess one of the other minds I'm so fortunate to work with is is Ralph Van Dyke. We've been doing sales programs together for the last 13 years now. We're, uh, for those of you who know Ralph, he's the, the world's most awarded creative writer for, for radio, and he just does an amazing job of unpacking exactly what a client's message should be and then packing it back up again to make radio work really effectively. So, yeah, my... my uh, 
my luck, I guess you could call it, is, is being surrounded by some some amazing minds in, in, in the world of media. Many of those names I recognise as well. I've actually read Doug's book, all about the founding of More FM, which is a, a phenomenal read, I think, for anyone who's been in the media industry, um, not just radio. It's a it's a it's a really interesting origin story of uh, of the company and how he set that all up. Yeah, well, look, More FM was a, a very special company to work for, and and it just uh, yeah it did things significantly different to anybody else at the time. And I and I still look back at that and and all the people that were involved in that and identify that as such a success story for any media organisation. And and you're right, that book kind of taps into exactly what what happened there. And I think the book is called Fun is a Serious Business, and that kind of sums up exactly what the more FM philosophy was. I'm going to put a link to that book in the show notes. I'd suggest anyone, even people just broadly in media, should really give that a read. It's a, a phenomenal, phenomenal story. And Roy, getting back to you, one of the things I know you do a lot is consult to media businesses around the world around simplifying the sales process. And just to set this topic up today, because we're talking around refining your sales process, why do media organizations and media sales professionals need a simple sales process? And why, in your observation, is it so vital in the current marketplace? Yeah, well, and if we take a step back a little bit, we kind of need to appreciate what advertising is. Ultimately, businesses want to share a piece of information that people can act on instantly or store and use for future reference. And when I ask media salespeople, what is it they actually sell? What do you sell? And I get a variety of answers, but I think the the the, the most accurate one is effective communication. We sell effective communication. Now, part of that is the platform, the audience and the environment, the audience absorbs that message in, but the largest percentage is the message itself, the business's story, their proposition. And our role is to offer to communicate that effectively. And the more effectively we communicate that, the more success we will have. Now, the most common mistake I see, and to use a metaphor, is a lot of media salespeople sell their can of Coke. They arrive, if it's their briefcase or if it's their pack of information about their their platform, and I call that their can of Coke. It's colorful, it's got branding, it's got a brand that people know and recognize, it's got yummy content, it's a murky color, it's got bubbles. And we all tend to talk about our can of Coke and we arrive and talk about our can of Coke. But what I encourage salespeople to do is, is to arrive with what they see metaphorically as an empty glass. It's got nothing in it. It's completely empty. And the true goal of a media salesperson is to fill that glass with that client's goals, their story, their objectives, their proposition. And then to take that away. And, and of course, you can then bring it back and, and combine it with your can of Coke. But I, I often apply what I call the mum test. You know, if it's your job to tell 100,000 people or a million people or whatever your audience number is about why they should choose this business, then you better be able to effectively tell one person, whether that be your mum or your partner. You need to be able to identify exactly why you'd recommend your, your mum or your partner would go to that business. If you can't do that successfully, then you probably haven't earned the right to tell your audience that story either. And I guess the point we need to appreciate is every business has customers. Those customers knew they had choices, but they chose that business for a reason. As a media salesperson, our job is to understand that reason, really unpack why customers choose that business. Once we understand that, it's our role to amplify that. And I think selling media becomes incredibly easy when all you're doing is passing on a piece of information that you believe in. I think it's a phenomenal setup to the story, mate. And I think you're absolutely right around this simplification of message and the mum test. I I remember just recently we were working on a, a brief for a car brand and 
it was amazing how easily it can actually be convoluted and overcomplicated through the sales process where you bring too many stakeholders in, maybe there's too many competing interests, objectives, and the whole thing becomes very messy just by by virtue of the fact that I think people are, are all trying to kind of get some some form of um, solution that they want to put out to market. So it's a great setup for today. Media Sales Mastery. Because whether it's a punchy three or six step sales process or a really hyper detailed sales playbook, most media sales organizations do have something of a predefined sales process that their teams will typically follow. From your observation consulting around the world, mate, like what do you think actually works best at a sales process level? What what does best practice sales process have to look like? Good question. And the first part of that, I just need to remind people that untrust exists in that gap between your words and your belief. If you're using a sales process you don't truly believe in, then you won't be doing it successfully. Everything you communicate has to become your own words. It has to align with your own beliefs. So whatever sales processing you're adopting, it has to align with what you believe because it's that little incongruence between what you're saying and what you're believing that our clients pick up on. If you're communicating your own belief to your own truth, uh, then the sales process you're using will be effective for you. If it doesn't sit with you, you need to find a way to make it your words, your process. Now, I prescribe to the Jason Jennings um, philosophy of sales, which is all about the purpose of business being to find, keep and grow the right customer. And I do an exercise with my sales team where we get each AE to identify what their right customer is. Not all account executives are the same and, and, and nor do they need to all go prospecting for the same kind of clients. They can align it to their own uh, interests, their own beliefs. And then once we unpack the right customer, we do this little exercise on how many clients they have and how many they need and where they want to go. And then we can work out a percentage of how much time they need to spend finding customers, keeping customers and growing customers. And then the key is to, to have a playbook for each of those roles. There's no need to have just one single playbook for your sales philosophy. You need to understand that you're finding customers sometimes, you're keeping customers, and you're growing your customers. And you need an individual playbook for each of those. The key to the best process is one that makes you be you in each of those areas so that you feel comfortable in your find strategy and your keep strategy and your grow strategy. And of course, the one that uncovers their story the best and, and understands their proposition the best is the one that's going to make you the most successful at being their effective communicator. From a perspective of, let's say, prospecting for new business, so maybe prospecting right through to sort of pitching and closing that first solution. What are some of the core elements or stages of, of that kind of process, mate? Like how universal would those steps be across media or do they, you know, do they really need to be customized depending on the particular media type or the media organization? The truth is it can be fairly universal. Again, remember the first part is we're trying to the, fill the glass. We arrive in an empty glass. Yes, we all love our can of Coke. We all love our platform and, and the offer we're making, but that's not the first part of a prospecting process. Right at the heart of it, really interestingly, the first thing we need to do as salespeople is humanize ourselves. Often we arrive as salespeople and we act as salespeople. I think one of the key things is to earn that right. And to do that, you need to humanize yourself. You need to tell people, look, I'm here to learn a lot more about your business. That way we may be able to help you down the line, you know, effectively communicate it better using our platforms or whatever. But for the first instance, I just want to tell you a little bit about myself. And in that process, tell them a little bit about you personally, professionally, and what makes you interesting or something that you have an interest. Now, there's five magic words that join that earn the right together, and that is the words, what that means to you. 
And I think it's really important that salespeople arrive. They tell the client here that I want to tell you a little bit about myself because this is what it means to you. But in that moment, salespeople need to humanize themselves. They need to stop being a salesperson. They need to become a human in front of another human being and then earn that right to start asking those questions. Once you've done that, the sequence of information exchange is really critical. I remember a friend of mine was studying to be a doctor and he explained to me how important it was the sequence of questions they asked to make people feel comfortable. And I think advertising people need to realize and appreciate this as well. The topic of advertising is not that appealing. What you're asking for businesses to do is to take some of their profits and to gamble it back into seeing if they can attract more customers. It's not that sexy a proposition. So it really shouldn't be the first topic that you enter. Remember, you've got an empty glass. Your true objective is to fill that glass with their story, their goals, their objectives, their proposition. To do that, you need to go through a sequence of questions. And that's one of the things at Hawker Media. We really focus on training, understanding. We call them the creeks. And we say you're you're panning for gold. And one of the biggest concerns we have as a salesperson, going out to do a discovery and then going, oh, God, what am I going to ask? What do I need to know? What we teach you is there's just five creeks that you need to go panning for golden. But the real key to being good at, at advertising sales or any sales is listening. And it's not sitting there wondering what my next question is going to be. It's just actively listening. Because in all honesty, most of the time, your next question will come from their last answer. These five creeks give you that trust that if you run out of things to say, you know now know you can hop over into another creek and start line of questioning there as well. Remember, what we're really trying to work out is what do we know need to know about them? What do we need to know to fill that glass? Is it five, seven, nine pieces of knowledge we need to know? And yes, I know we're all sort of programmed to say, what do they need to believe about us? But that comes secondary because once we understand what their story is, then again, we're going to go and take it away and turn it into their can of Coke and bring it back to them and present it to them in that manner. So it's often more about understanding the sequence of questions we need to ask, humanizing ourselves in the first place, and building a rapport with a client that's based on caring enough to want to know their story, their proposition, and and gaining permission to go away and to develop that um, story into something that can align with your platform, that can align to your audience. So yeah, I guess that the key of that is, is a good sales process identifies what do we need to know about them, what do they need to know about us and how do we make that marriage come together at the end? I really like that, like just completely inverting it to be about the customer first and foremost. And I think, yeah, absolutely right, mate. It's it's our natural tendency to want to talk about our product because we know our product, right? We, we're confident in it. We're used to rattling off all the USPs and the features. And I think a lot of media salespeople can generally feel quite exposed if they're in front of a client. And maybe they don't have a deep knowledge of that particular category sector or industry sector. Um, but I think that's a, a really great way of just simplifying that process in people's minds. Um, can I ask, what are some of the examples of these creeks? Are they just different topics like past, present, future? Or are they are they more specific detailed questions? What, how do you sort of delineate those things? Yeah, well, I guess it starts from what do you need to know? That I, I say... You know, that probably the key pieces of information you need to know is an audience alignment. You need to know that your audience is their customers and vice versa. You need to know 
where they're at as a business, where they want to be, where they're going, what their goals, objectives are. And you also need to know really at the key of that, that's why they want to advertise and what they want to advertise. Pretty simple questions, really, but you need to layer them up into a, a, in those creeks. There's even things like, you know, explain to me, tell me more about, describe to me, that get eight times more words when we're asking questions. It's all about those soft skills and gaining information and making it feel natural that you're really just sitting there listening, absorbing, understanding their business. But those five creeks we focus on and again all the little micro skills that go within them are business uh, we call that the wagging the tail let's tell me a little bit about your business how long you've been established just all those nice lead-in questions that allow people to feel more comfortable answering and, and, and communicating to you then we talk about customers tell me about your typical or your ideal customers again this is where we're looking for that uh, alignment between uh, yourself and your audience or their, their customers and your audience then we talk about the marketplace. We we cover the conversation. Hey, tell me, you know, what you think's happening in your marketplace. What's happening with the economy here? How's that affecting your business? How's your industry affected? And what we're really looking for here is why they should advertise. What's going on? And do they think it's going to be a tough market, a good market? And we ask a question in that category of, uh, and what are your plans for this year? We can ask them, what do you think's happening with the economy? Often people will say, oh, it's a bit tough, or you know, we're going through a tough time at the moment, which is obviously relevant right now. But then we say, and what are your plans? And most businesses are planning growth regardless of what the economy is doing. So therefore, you've you've discovered a reason why they should advertise, because if they expect to grow their business in a tough economy, they're going to need to do something a little bit different. Then we move over to the, the topic of market share, which is really saying, tell me who else does what you do? And in this category, we're looking for their competitive advantage. We're trying to understand how they stack up against their opposition, where they sit within their category, who does what, who's good at what, where they fit into that mix. And we're really looking for that, you know, that point of difference. This is where we're unpacking it, being a customer saying, why would I choose you over one of these competitors? One of the cool things working with the likes of Ralph Van Dyke is he thinks this is all a negotiation. He's not there. He's there on behalf of the customer to work out exactly what that message is I'm going to communicate to them. And I think sometimes we sit there and we nod and we agree and we say, oh, that's great. But what we're really doing is we're there on behalf of our 100,000 audience trying to find out why they would go to this business. It's not a matter of just sitting there and saying, yes, it's a matter of really unpacking. And why would they come to you and why would they choose you over them? And I think sometimes we sit there in that process of wanting to sell them something and nod and say, yes, oh, that's great, that's great. But the true thing is to be your most cynical customer, to be your most cynical listener on your radio station or your most cynical reader and ask on their behalf, but why would I come there? And when you think of that mindset, you really do a better job of unpacking their point of difference, the reason why you should go there. And I think, you know, one piece of advice I give media people is just try to find one thing. What is the one thing they want to be famous for? They don't have to be great at everything. Just really unpack it down to one thing. When you do that, you give yourself far greater permission to make them famous because most businesses are ultimately famous for one thing. But it also makes you an opportunity to, to really get creative with one thing as well. I think sometimes we walk away with, you know, you used that example before of a car brand and there's the 12 reasons why you should pick that car but we really just need to define it as one reason why that car stands out from any of the competitors. And then the last topic, ironically enough, is tell me how you find new customers, which is, of course, the topic of advertising. But that's the last thing we talk about. We want to understand what are you currently doing? What's working for you? What's not working for you? 
and we get to sense a feel for what the budget is in this topic. We get to understand what it is they're currently spending. And then we also identify what it is we're going to go after. What part of that budget are they not happy with? What part of that budget's working with it? How can we complement that with the medias that are working for them? And how can we maybe make a pitch at, at, at using or taking some of that budget that's allocated to something that's not working for them? But as you can appreciate, through that sequence, we've got all the information we need to remove the no's. Ultimately, when you arrive back with a proposition, you need to know why they're going to say no. And, and a good sequence of questions will actually remove all the reasons they'll say no to you and allow you to present something that makes absolute sense and something that say, they'll say yes to them. And just a reminder, the key to what you're selling them is their own words. The more of their words you can repackage and present to them, the easier it is for them to, is to buy it from you, of course. Just listening to this, this all sounds like a really, really, like, I can see a room of media salespeople all kind of agreeing with this and going, this absolutely makes sense, this resonates, I can see this working. And I always find, and I've been managing sales teams for over a decade now, sales team adoption of a sales process is a very tricky area to manage. Um, you know, reps might think that certain steps in the process are unnecessary or they create a bit of drag I don't need. And there might be that case of the reps who, can, who are complete mavericks and they don't follow a process, but they seem to be putting big numbers on the board even though they're sort of operating outside the bounds of, of what everyone else is doing. What advice would you have for people who are finding, you know, adopting a process a little clunky or difficult to follow early on? How do they how do they sort of really commit to betting that in as, as you know, a bit of muscle memory? You know, I always use the example of Tiger Woods. He goes out and hits that ball a thousand times a day. You know, that's his job. And I've been using that one for a while now. Maybe Tiger Woods is not the best example in him. Maybe Cameron Smith, for example. <laughs> but the key being that, you know, whatever it is that we do to, to generate our income, we need to practice. We need to really refine. It should feel natural to us. It should be something that we practice enough times to feel confident in doing. And we need to remind ourselves that no sales manager is going to get us doing something they don't think works. They They believe in the process they're encouraging us to do. And it goes back to that, you know, that find, keep and grow playbook. What part of the playbook doesn't sit with you? What part of it doesn't, you know, you don't agree with? And then the key is probably to sit down with your sales manager and identify, hey, I think we can do this part better. Things change. Every single sales cycle change. What change is going to happen in your marketplace? Can you be a part of that change? But the key is to to seek permission from your sales manager to explain why you're, you're suggesting a change and then to prove it ultimately as well. But it'll come back to what pieces of information do we agree we need from them? What pieces of information do we agree they need to know about us? And if, if there's one of those things that you want to debate, then that that's really easy to start at that basic level and say, let's let's agree that this isn't the piece of information they need, or let's agree that we can present this piece of information differently. I think it's really easy to unpack it and start from the most basic level. And, and, and like I say, you know, the, the simplicity of sales is in all those little soft skills that add it up. You actually kind of answered my next question, which was around a similar area, which is I think a lot of a lot of great media sales professionals, like they're just inherently entrepreneurial. They love being creative. They love the variety, the spontaneity, hunting down a deal. And I think that's a great point to hang on is that it's not about adopting a rigid sales process that doesn't still allow you to tweak and adapt, but it's almost like having that base level of competence in the sales process first then maybe looking at how you can tweak or refine or or put some more emphasis on particular parts of that process. Would that be a fair way of maybe summing it up? Yeah, absolutely. Again, can we can we reach agreement on what they need to know about us? Can we reach agreement on what we need to know about them? 
Uh, can we reach agreement on the sequence? And then can we reach an agreement on on the process that we're following to, to get that those pieces of information? Really simple when we break it down that way. Again, we complicate things and we we add things up and, and, and make them more complex. The simplicity of sales is really about exchanging information and the sequence that we exchange that information in. So it's really easy to unpack it. And again, you know, for those mavericks, and and I love the mavericks. I think the mavericks in media, because I, of course, was one myself, are the people that say, we can do this better. We can do this differently. But if we can prove that, and if we can prove that the way we're doing it and the information we're getting and, and how we're using that information is being more successful for us, then I think all sales managers are open to the idea of saying, hey, let's, let's do this better. I think that's a really great call, man. I think, you know, Thinking about my time in radio, I spent nearly 11 years in commercial radio as well, and I remember that, let's say, 60 to 70% of the types of campaigns we would work on would usually have a creative idea at the core. Um, you know, ideas are a big currency in media sales across a lot of different publishers, not just radio. Can you build a sales process around creativity? You know, is there a, is there a way to step through a sequence of different steps in a process that can actually help generate better ideas? And and if so, how does that whole kind of thing maybe maybe look compared to say just a six step standard prospecting to pitching sales process? Yeah, look, I love the idea of having an idea and taking it to market. Um, and often, you know, many sales, media sales people have an experience of being really excited about something. They take it out to the client and the client's only lukewarm and it sort of they don't get across the gap and they go, gosh, that was such a great idea. Why didn't it, you know, why didn't they take it? And I think, again, we it comes back to the heart of it. The key is to qualify the idea. The key is to remove the nose, to align the objectives, then present the idea. So, and I, I'm a massive fan of, you know, one thing. What is the one thing this idea is going to communicate? What is the one thing that this client wants to be famous for? Does this idea better communicate that one thing? But again, if we just arrive with the idea in itself, we'll probably, you know, sometimes be successful. There's an alignment. The real secret, again, it's our can of Coke. We're arriving, our idea is our can of Coke. We think it's amazing. We think it's great. We think they're going to love it. The first thing to remind ourselves is to arrive with that empty glass, fill it with their objectives, their story, their one thing, and then see if it aligns to that can of Coke and then present that can of Coke. Then announce, hey, I think I've got a proposition for you that perfectly aligns to what it is that we've filled, you know, with with your with your package, with with your bubbles, with your brand, well, the thing that's going to make you famous. So again, ideas are great because I think part of your grow playbook, when we talk about that fine, keep and grow, part of your grow playbook is always to be looking at new opportunities. What new opportunities are you presenting to them? What new opportunities are happening at their end for you to be working on as well? And a new idea is a new opportunity. And if it's presented right, uh, and again, that's the key, remove the no's, find out why they'd say no to this new idea before you even present the idea to them. Mate, that's a great call. I mean, I feel like we could go on all day, but I, I want to jump into this listener question. But I did want to ask one last question, which was all around probably you you probably having a good understanding of some of the challenges that media sales professionals around the globe are facing right now. If there's sort of one parting thought around this topic of sales process that you'd encourage the audience to really put some time into considering this week and maybe applying you know, immediately, what would it be and why? Active listening. Know the pieces of information you're seeking. Know when and how to drill down to discover them. I do a lot of training with sales teams and we just go through a, a role play sequence where I give them pieces of information and I deliberately give them nuggets and I deliberately give them a little piece of information 
And so many salespeople go on to the next question and they don't identify. They were just given an, an, an invite or an opportunity to drill deeper into something. It's really identifying what is it I'm seeking to learn and when am I able to ask those questions to go a little bit deeper into a topic. And it's really about active listening and it's really about refining that skill of identifying a piece of information that allows me to go a little bit deeper, to drill down further and to discover the real true motivations, the true why they should advertise, the true what they should advertise, and not just thinking that those things are going to present themselves really easily. Remember, you are negotiating on behalf of your most cynical uh, audience member. You're really trying to make them understand why they would pick this business. It's not about nodding and agreeing to everything. It's about negotiating on behalf of those listeners or on behalf of that audience, the real reason why they'd pick that business. And, and, and don't be fearful of the fact that the client's going to go, oh, geez, you're making this hard for me. Appreciate that the greater job you do of seeking their story, the greater permission you'll gain to tell that story. Oh, I like that. Oh, that's a phenomenal, phenomenal point to hang on there. I can't ask my sales manager that. Okay, we're in the listener question. This one was submitted via LinkedIn from a gentleman in America, and here it is. Hey, what's up, Jamie? All right, so I'm uh, here in Austin, Texas. I work with an advertising company, and our sales playbook is super detail-oriented, and my vice president of sales, he's really big on us following it like super prescriptively. So the problem that I'm seeing is that this is only really relevant for new client relationships. Once we have an account, we typically don't need to go through any needs analysis or step them through about half the process, right? So what are some tips for having this conversation with my vice president? I would love to hear your suggestions. I don't want him to think that I'm taking shortcuts, you know, but my clients are definitely not loving being forced to follow this process any more than I am. But love to hear your thoughts on this and uh, love your podcast. Thanks for the great work that you do, man. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one, actually. I think you sort of touched on that a bit before around having to actually have multiple playbooks depending on what the objective was with the client. What's your initial um, impression just reflecting on that one, mate? I agree. We may have covered this a little bit already. And the first thing we, you know, as I've pointed out, trust that your objectives are aligned with your sales manager. They want what you want. They want you to be successful in sales. So don't think you're working against them. Always acknowledge, well, we both want the same thing here. So start from that ground. And agree that our fine playbook is different to our keep playbook and our grow playbook. And if you don't have a playbook for each, discuss what differences there need to be. Why are we using a find playbook for every one of our strategies when, when in truth, this is a different client now. We need to, uh, you know, approach this client differently. We need to understand that the exchange of information has already happened. Now we're looking for this additional layer of information, again, around those new ideas, new opportunities. And agree on the pieces of information that need to be exchanged in the sequence. So always acknowledge, one of my things with salespeople is, what does your file look like? Tell me all the things you know about that client. I always challenge salespeople in that first meeting to be able to walk out of that meeting and to fill an A4 sheet. I was very fortunate when I very first started on radio, I wasn't allowed to sell anything. The only thing I was told to do was go out and to talk to a client and to fill a sheet 
with all the information you learned about that client. Ironically, when we've done that, we don't need to redo that. So when we go back for our next proposition, we're looking for the pieces of information that we don't have, and we're looking to fill those blanks. And one of the challenges we do with my sales teams is identify what are all the things we need to know about a client. And every time we go back out to see a client, what's a new piece of information we can fill on that sheet that we haven't got previously? And I think to answer your, your, you know, your the, the question here is, if you've already obtained that information, you don't need to obtain it again. So you need to develop a playbook that says this is now a keep strategy or a grow strategy versus the strategy we use in our find playbook. So propose a change, I would suggest, <laughs> is the answer. <laughs> I agree. And I actually think there's a lot of media increasingly where the the there actually are inbound leads. You know, there's actually customers that might be calling into certain media types that have already done research or might be quite a qualified buyer already. Um and I, I'm not saying it's happening across the board, but I could imagine that if somebody's already done a bit of research, they're picking up the phone to seek some some information about an advertising opportunity, and they're being forced to then go back and step through this big uncovery process, um, that might actually require a completely different approach where you can still get the information and unlock the opportunity, but obviously not make it difficult for the client to buy you, because that's, um, that's certainly something I think clients in this marketplace have zero tolerance for. <laughs> I'm sure you probably agree with that. Yeah, look, you know, I think some salespeople say businesses don't want to sit around and talk to salespeople all day long, but I've yet to find a business who's not really happy to sit around and talk about themselves if they feel they're talking to somebody who's really going to use that information as effectively as they can. Remember, we go back to my first point. Our job is to sell effective communication. The largest percentage of that is the actual business's story, their proposition, their offering. So if if you're doing a good job of unpacking that and you're really owning that, then businesses will more than welcome you, you know, the conversations they have with you. I couldn't agree more, mate. I absolutely think that's a great point to, to finish up on. Mate, thank you very much. I think we're going to need to jump on and cover off a couple more topics because I think we could talk for hours. But I thought that was a really great way of just breaking down some of these really nice fundamentals for some people. Let me ask you a question before we wrap it up. Where are you off to next? What's um, what's some of the consulting work you're doing at the moment and uh, and where are you traveling at the minute? Well, yeah, so I'm really excited to be heading back to South Africa. Uh, I mentioned to you um, prior to coming on here that we, this will be my 57th trip back to South Africa, but I've really missed it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back to my, uh, my radio station clients over there. Uh, the other great project I'm working on is with Doug and, and Mike Brunel, Doug Gold and Mike Brunel, and we're really excited. We've got some launch clients that we're working with, uh, but we really feel we've we've created or discovered a gap that no other media organization is exploiting. And just as Doug did with NRS Media all those years ago, I really feel like he's come across another opportunity that uh, many media organizations are going to be really interested in learning more about. So super excited about that. Uh, and we're just kind of planning out our trials for next year with that as well. And I'm doing another uh, sales consultant outside of media. Um, and they've asked me, this is a horrible thing to be asked to do, to, to go to the uh, All Blacks test match in Twickenham for us to have a business discussion during that <laughs> trip as well. So uh, that's where I'm off to next. But uh, where I'm most excited to be heading, of course, is, is back over to South Africa and working with my great radio station clients there. Well, Roy, we appreciate you making time uh, in your schedule to be with us today. I'm going to put a link to Hawker Media and your LinkedIn and uh, and a whole bunch of different contact information in the show notes for anyone who wants to connect more. Thank you very much for being here with us today, mate. Yeah, brilliant. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you.